friends, today we come to you with a heavy heart. We have come to preach the words of Reverend Jim Baker, words that are filled with sin, duplicity, and shame. Our congregation will show you how Jim Baker embodied Matthew 6, verse 24. You cannot serve both God and money. And now, please rise and join us in singing Jim Baker on this week's This Was a Thing. I'm Ray. And I'm Rob. And you're listening to This Was a Thing, the podcast that dives deep into the cultural happenings of yesteryear. On today's episode, we are looking at Jim and Tammy Faye Baker. Praise God. Praise God. Now, Ray, how do you spell Baker, Jim and Tammy Faye Baker? B-A-K-K-E-R. You're so good. Hey, folks, for those of you that thought it was B-A-K-E-R, you're wrong. There's two Ks in their last name. That's some Mandela effect shit for you right there. I will say some people would probably consider three Ks in their name. Absolutely. Now, this was a thing because it pulled back the curtain on the devilish deception and backstage backstabbings that were happening all in the name of Jesus. In the 1970s and 80s, Reverend Jim Baker and his mascara-loving wife, Tammy Mm. Faye, who I'm actually obsessed with, appeared just about every day on the Praise the Lord Network and begged you to send in money to help spread the word of God. But what they were really doing was spreading your money to their savings accounts, palatial mansions, and like any God-fearing Christian, to their mistresses for hush money. I am calling today's episode the Checkbook of Revelations. Oh my God. How did they fly under the radar for so many years? Well, it helps to have friends in high places, and I don't mean God. Jesus. Oh. I mean Ronald Reagan. Uh. In order to understand the Baker's rise to power, we actually have to go back to our founding fathers who could not have predicted cable television or mascara. <laughs> Maybe Ben Franklin. But ben the... and Tammy Faye Franklin. <laughs> but Ben's like, I have something I can put on my eyes. Not by vocals. <laughs> Thomas Jefferson, do you not notice the blue hue I've put on today? (laughs) This founding father stated that there was a separation of church and state, meaning churches were tax exempt, and the government really could not intervene in the church or its bookkeepings. Remember that point. In the 20th century, there was a thing called fundamentalism, and that was sweeping the nation. And that led to the temperance movement, but with people like William Jennings Bryan and the Scopes Monkey Trial and Amy Semple McPherson, who was a uh, fundamental evangelist who was involved in a sex scandal, and when people asked her where the money was going, she said, that's between me and the Lord. So then fundamentalism, which was this ex- extremism of religion, this is, you know, the talking in tongues and all that, fun stuff, that sort of died down. Now, when TV begins to become a thing in the 1940s, the government says that mainstream religious organizations are allowed free time on network television, but it's only mainstream religious organizations. Fundamentalism is not a quote unquote mainstream religion. Oh, okay, got Therefore, it. you don't get free time. Got it. And that led to things like Fulton J. Sheen's Life is Worth Living TV show, which is also a very depressing title when you think about it. Life is worth living. It's don't throw yourself out the window. <laughs> and Billy Graham, the great Reverend Billy Graham, who didn't go anywhere without a camera. But like I said, fundamentalism and evangelism, that's not part of the mainstream. Now, this is going to change in 1960 because in 1960, commercial broadcasters can now sell airtime to anyone. So the evangelists and the fundamentalists begin to ask for donations from their congregations to buy airtime to spread the word of the Lord. And because it's religion, once again, there is no government watchdog to see how the money is being spent. The Reverend Billy Graham is says to like all the people that are trying to get onto religious television, he says, hey, I started a watchdog committee that shows the government where all the money is going. So that way everything is, you know, on the up and up. Do you all want to join me? None of them joined him. <laughs> Now we're going to go to Virginia in 1965. So this is five years after, you know, you can, you can buy the airtime. And we're going to meet a guy named Pat 
Robertson. God. And if you need a reminder of who Pat Robertson is, he's the man who says every problem on earth is due to people like me, the homosexuals. Here's some of the uh, quotes from the great Pat Robertson. Uh, what you're saying is, yes, I, I like this kind of thing. You've got a couple of uh, same-sex guys kissing. Do you like that? Well, that makes me want to throw up. But if you think you punch, to me, I would punch vomit, not like <laughs> in history. There's never been a civilization ever in history that has embraced homosexuality and turned away from traditional fidelity, traditional marriage, traditional child rearing, and uh, uh, has survived. There isn't one single civilization that has survived that ha openly embraced homosexuality. So that is just uh, some of the wit and wisdom of Pat Robertson. He's one of those people that I, you know, I may start believing in a hell, just so I hope that Pat Robertson one day is burning down in hell. What a garbage fucking man. Oh, well, he, he, he comes off real well in this story. So uh, Pat Robertson starts a new channel called CBN, or the Christian Broadcasting Network, which has virtually no audience because it's only really being shown in uh, Virginia where he is. And he hires a nice little couple known as Jim and Tammy Faye Baker to work on the show. And they do a sweet little Christian puppet show. Now, Jim Baker was a poor boy who was a born-again Christian who went he was to Bible. boy He was a po' boy who was a born-again Christian who went to Bible school, and that's where he met Tammy Faye. He dropped out, and they took to the tent and sawdust trail for preaching. That's preaching in tents, right? Uh, what makes him stand out, though, amongst all the other televangelists that were on television at this time that just yelled at the screen about hellfire and damnation, uh, Jim Baker decides to play directly to the camera. This is his former vice president at uh, PTL, Praise the Lord, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, talking about Jim's entertainment savvy. He felt the best way of handling and using television as a medium was to look at the very center of the uh, lens and make believe he was talking to one individual sitting in his, the comfort of his living room. So therefore, he would use the example of a preacher getting up and screaming a message to the audience sitting on television, and it was as if uh, one person, uh, an evangelist, would walk into your living room and walk in and said, you need to accept Jesus Christ as your savior and just scare you to death. Where if I walked into your living room or someone else would, you would do it in a much more relaxed, much more folksier, homey atmosphere. So he knows exactly how to get to people. I'm going to talk to you like a real person. Why would I lie to you? A true charlatan. Now, Tammy Faye, in her own right, is a great singer, and uh, she likes to sing a lot on PTL, and I will say that Tammy Faye's songs are a bop. This is Tammy Faye with her song, Don't Give Up, You're on the Brink of a Miracle. so tiny compared so it's her with six other singers she's in the middle and she's at least a foot shorter than any of the other people you need to think folks if you're trying to like figure out who what they look like you've never seen them before i want you to imagine Kristen chenoweth tons oh, of makeup totally. on and jim baker is rick moranis yeah so that's 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 how i want you to envision with the them. glasses with the glasses cannot stress this enough in today's presentation i really like tammy faye baker i hate jim baker but i really like tammy faye baker and we'll talk more about her a little bit later do on. do you like baking only if it's with tammy faye got it they do their cute children's shows but pat robertson moves them to a new show that they're going to host called the 700 club which is still on today folks and jim wants it to be like the tonight show <laughs> and he's johnny carson He's coming up actually with a pretty savvy idea, which is we're going to make religion seem like entertainment. It's going to be entertainment. And here's just a little clip of the 700 Club in its early days. And Maya, we have so much to praise the Lord about today that I think we better get started right away. Just praising the Lord for his goodness. Amen. Isn't the Lord good? <laughs> That's some brilliant writing there for you. 
going to praise the Lord today. Ain't the Lord good. But even more interesting, or a skill that I say Jim Baker has that is quite impressive, is his knack for fundraising, especially when the network was in trouble. He cried and got tons of cash for crying. Oh, he is such a schmuck. Brilliant businessman. Uh, here's some more of Jim Baker. Praise God, $1,000. Here's another one, first time, $5 a month. Here's another one for $15 a month. And another one here for $10 a month. We praise God. I can hear phones ringing. We have almost 100 phones busy. Come on, let's ring them all. Now, because he is able to raise so much money, other channels start trying to lure him away from Pat Robertson because they're like, can you come on to our station, do your thing, and raise us a lot of money? So he goes to various Christian programs. He raises tons of money, gets a lot of companies out of debt. And in 1974, he solved a failing network's problem. The network was called Praise the Lord. And they uh, filmed this in an abandoned furniture studio. And the Bakers make Praise the Lord their pet project. And in 1977, it launches a satellite, Oh, which was the only way cable could be seen back then. Was You had to pay for your own satellite and launch your satellite up into space. And it was a pretty pricey, pricey thing to do. And that satellite will carry other religious broadcasters' programs on it. So he's lending out space on the satellite. PTL gets 1 million viewers a day, and they get $120 million a year in donations. Don't forget, folks, it's tax-exempt, so all they do is ask for donations, but don't forget, there's no supervision. Just insane. Because why would a church lie, right? It's raising money for the poor. Then what Jim Baker says is he, he wants to spread the word of God by building more TV studios all across the world, uh, in South Korea, Brazil, and the Middle East. And of course, what he's doing is, is he's making these promises on air and raising money on air. So money will go to South Korea and Brazil and the Middle East. He has a vice president named Robert Manzano. He was the one who was talking a little bit about what it was like when Jim Baker was looking in the camera. And Robert Manzano was doing the books and he's like, hey, Jim, we have not given South Korea or Brazil or the Middle East any of this money and we need to turn the money over or we're in trouble. Here's a problem. We don't know where the money is. We don't know where the money was spent. So Jim Baker comes up with an idea. He's like, I know how to get some money in to make up for the money that we're losing. I'm going to start selling trinkets on the air. So all of a sudden, PTL turns into the home shopping network. The money is raised, but once again, they never turn it over. And there's all these American Christians that go to South Korea looking for the PTL studios that they have contributed to. And there are no PTL studios. Of course. So they're all going, they're all looking and counting. Where's this? Where's the studio? It never existed. Uh, here's some more on this. We're going to have a special uh, packet of cameras for Korea in a special unit. We're going to build actually a mobile unit that can go to Japan and Korea as well. But our studios, the production for the, for the Asia countries will be in Korea because the studio has been given to us. A studio as big as this building right here. Eventually it became embarrassing because people, Americans particularly, started going to Korea looking for the PTL studios. And of course they weren't there because we never gave them any equipment. What he's doing is committing fraud, which is he's saying, you give me money. I will give the money to build this studio, and he just pockets the money. So this is solicitation. This is wire fraud. These are a lot of illegal things that are going on. Hey, friends. Hope you're enjoying the show. If you are, could you do us a favor? After you listen to today's episode, open up your podcast app and leave us a review please. The more reviews we get, the more people will discover us, and the more people that discover us, the less lost we'll feel. You're good, buddy. It's okay. Uh, look, nothing has ever been easier to do. Just go ahead and grab a pen real quick. It's okay. We'll wait. Don't worry. Okay, head on over to your podcast app, click those three dots in the lower right-hand corner, click Go to Show, scroll down till you see ratings and reviews, then leave us some stars and a comment or two so our parents know that it was worth all the tuition that they spent. And if you really love us, head on over to Patreon.com and send us some money, and in return, you will get access to merch, special episodes, bonus content, pictures of me shirtless. Okay, okay, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. Search This Was a Thing and help us out. But you know what? You've already helped us out today by listening to us, and we can't tell you how much we appreciate that. So thank you. Thank you. 
eventually they pressure him and, and he says, listen, $350,000, he goes, that, that went over to Korea. And the Charlotte Observer, because the, the PTL stations are near Charlotte, they were like, we can't find this $350,000. Like, where is this money, my friend? And in 1979, the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission, they have to get involved and they begin investigating where is this money? And Jim Baker, like any good Christian, Amen. throws Robert Manzano under the bus. Oh, my God. And says, well, I don't deal with the books. He did it, and he stole it, and I'm sorry that he stole it. And then that only solves part of the problem, which is how does he convince all of these people that the FCC is coming after him in an unmotivated and unjustified manner? Why, the FCC is the devil, of course. Here's Jim Baker on the air talking about the FCC. All the attorneys that represent PTL have agreed that it is now into a stage of harassment of the PTL television network. The bureaucratic backroom playing around harassment that has cost this ministry over a quarter of a million dollars. By going on the air and doing that, he is able to raise $22 million dollars And he says, because, folks, it's God versus the government, and God must win. Send me your money for my legal bills. Here's a nice patriotic moment from Jim Baker. What we want is what every American wants, a right to worship our God as we want to do. We do not want this church or any other church destroyed or intimidated by the government. Oh, my God. The FCC thinks they can make a really good case. They think there's two sets of books. They think that they can say where the money is actually going, and they think that they can get this guy. And in December of 1980, the FCC is ready to pounce on Jim Baker. But Ronald Reagan was elected in November of 1980, and in January 1981, the FCC, the IRS, and the Department of Justice just stop everything. Because if you remember, one of the things that got Ronald Reagan elected was the moral majority. That was people like Jim Baker and Pat Robertson and Jerry Falwell. And so it's nice to have friends in high places. So that stops everything in its tracks. Now, this makes Baker somewhat invincible and uh, a little bit more brazen because now there's nobody to supervise him. He's got a free pass for four, if not eight years. And God is protecting him. And when somebody questions him, they're like, Jim, why why does everything you have so expensive and luxurious? And he just simply says, quote, God doesn't like junk. And he got to go back to work on what he had created back in 1978, his magnum opus, Heritage USA. There grading out down here right now and this whole hillside has to come down to make way for this roadbed this will be the uh, entryway to the great auditorium so you might be asking yourself what is heritage usa heritage usa was this compound that Baker was was creating. He raised $100 million for Heritage USA, and $10 million of that goes into the pockets of the Bakers. It's about 2,300 acres. It was built by a guy named Roe Messner. Remember his name, because he's going to come back a little bit later. And it becomes Jim Baker's magnum opus. In fact, all he wants to do is focus on Heritage USA. Tammy Faye Baker says, Heritage USA is his mistress. I wish it was a woman. Well, Tammy, you're going to get your wish pretty soon. It attracted 6 million visitors annually, employed 2,500 people. There was a 501-room Heritage Grand Hotel, Main Street, USA, an indoor shopping complex, the church, uh, a 400-unit campground, the Jerusalem Amphitheater, conference facilities, King's Castle, a skating rink, prayer and counseling services, cable television production studios, Bible and evangelism school, visitor retreat housing, staff and volunteer housing, timeshares, and the Heritage Island Water Park and Recreational Facilities. It was the third largest theme park by attendance, with 4.9 million visitors a year behind only Walt Disney World in Orlando and Disneyland in Anaheim. Heritage USA, according to Jim Baker, was the Disneyland for 
Christians. Now, he had to raise some money for this. So in return for a promised lifetime annual four-day vacation stay, 165,000 people had donated $1,000 to Jim Baker's planned Heritage USA Hotel Tower. The nine million we need, let's just round it out because my math is not real good. We'll just round it, $10 million to finish the grand. We've come this far by faith. Why can't we finish it and see a miracle in 30 days? Oh, hallelujah! At the same time this is going on, in December of 1980, Jim is estranged from Tammy Faye, and he asks former PTL club host and homophobe John Wesley Fletcher to bring him a woman. Now, Fletcher is a nut. He was a clown, and when I say clown, I mean a literal clown, and a strip club owner who was arrested for writing bad checks and then became an evangelist. He brings Jim, a 21-year-old PTL secretary by the name of Jessica Hahn, and this is now where the stories diverge. Jim and John Wesley Fletcher say that Jessica Hahn willingly slept with Jim Baker. Jessica Hahn says that's not at all what happened. She said that they drugged her and then raped her, And before they drugged her and raped her, they said to her, you're going to do something tremendous for God. That was their quote. Fletcher then went away from uh, PTL and from the church because he was accused of homosexuality and he was defrocked. So he's not allowed to partake anymore. But Jessica Hahn wants her story told about what happened to her. And she apparently idolized Jim Baker. So I can't even imagine. Anyway. In order to keep her quiet, she was paid $279,000 from the ministry money. So now the Charlotte Observer is really on Jim Baker's ass, and they're really beginning to question the finances. And they somehow are able to track, why did this woman get this amount of money? And she said she agreed to accept $265,000 for her silence. But uh, she broke that silence when Jim Baker mentioned the encounter in public that he had had an affair and the payments were stopped after that. It's like, hey, here's your hush money and we can't talk about it. But then Jim Baker talked about it. So she's like, I'm going to talk about it. And he was like, well, fine, then I'm not going to pay anything anymore. And it was discovered then that Jim Baker, who said, I don't know anything about finances, uh, knew everything about the finances. And uh, he kept two sets of books. And on top of that, Fletcher, remember John Fletcher? He said, oh, yeah, I've also slept with Jim Baker a few times. Oh, yeah, that's right. And in 1987, the Charlotte Observer is going to announce everything that they found out, that Jim Baker had an affair, might have been a rape. He paid off hush money. The hush money was coming from the church, and he was also engaged possibly in a homosexual relationship. So in order to get ahead of the story, Jerry Falwell, who's the president of the Moral Majority, better known as the Tight Ass Club, he gets involved with Jim Baker. And he said Not like that, though. No, not like that. And they come up with this this idea. Jim Baker says to Jerry Falwell, hey, this is what's going on. I don't want to lose everything. How about you take over for me in an interim position while we sort all this out? And then when everything's over, I'll come back and I'll keep running. PTL, but I just need you to take over for me for a little bit. He also stepped forward, Jim Baker, because he was nervous. He was hearing rumblings that another Pentecostal pastor, Jimmy Swaggart, was going to swoop in and just take over everything. So Jim Baker was like, let me control it with my friend, Jerry Falwell. What a friend to have. What a friend to have. So he steps down, Jim Baker. He announces what's going on. It's not a bit, you know, he's like, my my, mom have to go work on our stuff, blah, blah, blah. Then so Falwell starts looking through everything, and he realizes that before Jim Baker left, he took $1.9 million for himself. And he starts to do research and goes, wait a minute, this Jessica Hahn story, he goes, it w- he goes, you say it's an affair, she's saying it was a rape, and you're bisexual or you're gay? And then he found out that the IRS was doing a secret audit on PTL From 1983 going forward, and the idea, I think, was from the Reagan administration, this is allegedly, gather all the evidence you need, and then when Reagan is gone, leave it to the other guy to deal with. So Reagan knew it was BS what was going on, so he was letting it happen. Yeah, and so Jerry Falwell is like, hey, IRS, you've been auditing him 
you know that all this impropriety has been going on. Why haven't you said anything? And the IRS says, well, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a church and we're not allowed to really get involved with, with, uh, with churches. So Falwell says, fuck this. I'm sure I'm not if he said that exactly. He says, I'm not giving it back. And by the way, he's doing this at a press conference. Falwell is doing this at a press conference. And he says, I'm not giving it back. And he goes, I also don't think you raped Jessica Hahn because you told me you were impotent. Oh, and by the way, people were telling me for 30 years that you're gay. So uh, no charity from Jerry Falwell. Here's, uh, here's some information from that time. I could not in good conscience, could not allow one penny of the partner's contributions to this ministry continue to go to cover up something an individual did, something the ministry had nothing to do with. I did talk with her. The Bakers, after watching Jerry Falwell give this press conference, by the way, which was televised on just about every single network at the time, are like, you tricked us. Like, you were going to give this back to us. And he and Falwell was like, nope. He goes, so he goes, you're all liars. And I've seen uh, this list that you've given me. He's like, you all have no repentance on what you've done. Now, everybody has a field day with this. Johnny Carson, Joan Rivers, uh, SNL has Jan Hooks and Phil Hartman playing Jim and Tammy Faye Baker quite brilliantly. Now, this is where it gets even bizarre. The great Sam Kinison um, has a whole a set on the Jim and Tammy Faye Baker thing, especially Jessica Hahn, who he ends up dating for a long time. Here's Sam Kinison. Did this guy deserve everything that happened or what, man? This dick. Hypocritical, self-righteous bastard. Guys, to be on the air, just like, I know God personally. No one will get in without my little seal on your hand. <laughs> Jerk. Oh, it's great, dude. God kicked his fucking ass, man. Jesus is still up over, he's up in heaven right now. He's going through the Bible going, where in the fuck did I say build a water slide? How did they get that out of this? I never said build an old folks home and use it as a tax write-off. Oh, you old fucking dick, you fucking dick. But there is nobody more critical of Jim and Tammy Faye than Jerry Falwell and uh, Jimmy Swaggart. Now, Falwell afterwards is in consistent trouble with everyone, especially uh, the Teletubbies. Remember, he was the one that said there was... There was... Tinky Winky is gay because of his purple triangle. Right? And uh, he says 9-11 happened because of the gays. Yep. Now, let's go to... The woman who was the center of all of this, and that's Jessica Hahn, who, like I said, you know, Jim Baker and John Wesley Fuckface, whatever his name was. Yeah, you got it right. Yeah. They said, no, it was all consensual. She says, no, it was not. You drugged me and you you raped me. And this is the 1980s where, you know, you believe the men. And, and it's that stupid mentality of, oh, look at the way she was dressed, look at the way she was acting, all that stupid stuff. And the word bimbo gets ascribed to Jessica a lot. And so in 1987, Jessica Hahn comes forward with her story. The headline is, I'm not a bimbo. She got a million dollars for a 34-page spread Dang. in Playboy, in which she said, quote, this is supposed to be the year of the bimbos, right? So let's start with the fact that I'm not a bimbo. I know that's how people see me, but I am not what I've been made out to be, someone without thoughts or feelings or explanations. I am a human being. And I think it's really good to mention that just because we've talked about this a couple of times on this show. It's so easy just to depersonify individuals yep. and and just say, oh, she, you know, she was this, she was that, she was this. We don't know the whole story. And so for her to come forward and go, I'm not a bimbo, it's something that people made fun of consistently all the time. And I think they just sort of missed the point of what she was saying. Now, despite all of this evidence, all of this proof, a lot of the congregation didn't want the bakers to go. You're kidding. Here is some interviews with people at the time talking about the leaving of Jim and Tammy Faye Baker. Tammy blessed me so much. I don't care what they say about her mascara running down her face. I mean, she was sincere in what she said, and and I, I just loved her. Well, first place, I think the Lord built it, but he gave Jim Baker a vision. And when Jim Baker built this, he built it with the Christian families where they could come. I still love Jim and Tammy, and uh, I'm sure the Lord will work everything out. It's not for me to judge. I just feel like somebody died. And we don't have them anymore, that's all. So yes, people 
just didn't want to see Jim and Tammy Faye go, even though all of their money that they donated was being spent inappropriately. The fact that they sinned, the fact that they were these, that he, I, I, I think she didn't, I'm going to be honest, I don't think she knew. I think he knew. At least to the extent. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm sure she... I mean, who knows? I don't know. I mean, who the fuck knows? So I'm he's just I'm, a scumbag. He's, oh, it gets well. It gets better. So because of Jimmy, Jim, and Tammy Faye, the '80s televangelists have this massive downfall, and there's countless exposés on like Nightline in 2020 about their greed, the avarice, the abuse of taxes, etc. Now, one of the things that kind of confuses a lot of people is Tammy Faye Baker is always at Jim Baker's side, defending him, and she doesn't leave him, and everyone is saying Tammy. Go, girl! You're better than this. You are better than this, and she's always crying. And she wore such thick mascara that every time she cried, the mascara ran, and that just sort of became her trademark. And whether or not they're crocodile tears or real tears, everyone just debated this woman's crying and the mascara running, and that's what she's known for now. Oh yeah. And I think there was an SNL sketch where she cried and like mascara went like exploding off of her face and all that stuff. I remember the the big SNL crying one was uh uh what's the Dana Carvey character? Church lady. Church lady, yeah. yeah. Like the that was right? big. And then so you have a group of people this is what I find so fascinating is that we go, yeah Jim Baker, he's such a sleaze. And then everyone sort of focuses on Tammy Faye with this idea of, uh, oh, she's crazy, she's crying, the mascara, leave him. And then Jessica Hahn, they're going, oh, she's a whore, she's a tramp, she was asking for it, da-da-da-da. And Jim gets this sort of like a, well, you know, boys will be boys, sort of like pass on everything, right? And, you know... I just got angry about it. I do too. And what this really did was, it was an exposure of religious hypocrisy at the highest level. And I think what it proved very unfortunately was that had Jerry Falwell given them back PTO, I think people would have rejoiced and cheered. Oh, absolutely. And I think it went to go show people like the people like the preachers we have today, the Benny Hins, the Joel Olsteins, the Jack Van Amp, all those that you can do whatever you want as long as you put God and Jesus in there somewhere. Yeah. And people will just sort of buy into it. So Jim Baker is tried on 24 counts of fraud and all that fun stuff. Conspiracy. Conspiracy. Tax evasion. He's not brought up on any charges relating to Jessica Hahn, which I find really fascinating because she's alleging it's a rape, but there were no charges on that. And out of the 24 charges brought against him, he was found guilty on... 24 out of 24 counts. That's a good... That's pretty good for that DA. Good job, everybody. Uh, And he's sentenced in 1989 to 45 years in prison, of which he only serves five. Oh, my God. What happened to Jim and Tammy Faye after all of this? Well, we'll tell you after the break. Uh, I can't wait. This was a thing. This was a thing. And now, this is a sketch. Hello, my name is Morris Silverstein, and this is my wife, Cheryl. And we went down to Heritage USA for a Goyish and neighbor's 70th birthday, and were we disappointed? Very disappointed. So after speaking with our accountant, Irving... Who is also my brother... Cheryl, good luck, I'm on the TV. With the help of her brother and Rabbi Shmuel Kleinberg, we decided that it was time an actual Holy Land amusement park came to the United States... We're proud to announce that we are breaking ground on Yahweh USA right here in Bensonhurst. Conveniently located next to the L train, but don't go after 6 p.m. Service like you wouldn't believe with the Mishkavelias. Cheryl, tell the people about the amusement park. I can. I'm on hold with Belly Glanick. You're speaking to your sister, the Yenta with the big mouth like I don't know. Anyway, Yahweh USA will feature everything that Heritage USA has, just with more humidity and phlegm. Some of our lands include... Why don't the kids call land? It's a land where you sit on uncomfortable furniture and stare at a phone that never rings. Meanwhile, they need money. The phone rings. This is located next to tomorrow, today. What does it matter? He isn't going to stop making a living now. Why would this new job be any different land? A land where you can all discuss your shmagegi son-in-laws. Don't forget to tell him about the new island we spend all this money. I was getting to that. Ah, yes. Our new and improved Kvetch Island, a tropical landmass surrounded by a river of Kumatan. Now, with humidity pumped in every hour on the hour. 
Sit in the circle, you'll feel better, and complain about our prices, our food, and how the lines are just so long. Carnival games like you wouldn't believe. You can win a whole year's subscription to the New York Post if you can recite your section of the half Torah from memory. Don't forget to visit our scenic hiking trail entitled what? An elevator would have killed them? Our hotel is filled with so many things for you and your family to complain about. From beds that are both too hard and too soft, air conditioners that are just there for decoration, and a wonderful staff you can accuse of stealing things you never packed. And if you reserve a spot now, we will give it to you at a discounted rate because I hear things are not going well for you. We're open year-round, but don't come in August. Your schwitz from your punem. Call us today at Canarsie 707. You're giving out our home phone number? What? Use your cap. How else are they going to call? Tell them the name again. I was getting to that. Yahweh USA. Get off of Gowanus Expressway and, hey, you'll see it. Thank you. This was a sketch. Tammy Faye, thank God, finally left Jim Baker. Good, Tammy. Get on with your life. Get out life. of there, Tammy. Get out of there, Tammy. And she reinvents the role in her subsequent years. She reinvents the role of what it means to be a Christian woman. And she, in some ways, she actually reinvented that role while she was with Jim Baker. Because back in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, and 80s, especially in these churches, women were told you have to be docile, you have to be subservient, you should not be heard at all, and you really shouldn't be seen. But if you are going to be seen, shh, don't talk, let the men talk. Like, where was Jerry Falwell's wife? Where was Billy Graham's wife? Tammy Faye Baker was always front and center as a working woman on the PTL, which I'm sure inspired a lot of women. If, women, if Tammy Faye can do it, I can do it too. After she leaves Jim Baker, she really rebuilt her life. She had that idea of I'm not standing by my man. And she said, quote, for years I've been pretending that everything is all right when in fact I hurt all the time. I cannot pretend anymore. So Tammy Faye taking charge of her own life. Don't be quiet. Don't sit by. And what I really enjoy about her is that she really advocated this idea of compassionate Christianity, especially with LGBTQIA plus individuals and AIDS. And she said, now this is in the mid eighties folks, when nobody wanted to, to, you know, deal with anybody that had AIDS. She said, quote, how sad that we as Christians who are to be the salt of the earth, we who are supposed to be able to love everyone are afraid so badly of an AIDS patient that we will not go up and put our arm around them and tell them that we care. And on PTL in the 80s, she consistently brought on people that had AIDS and interviewed them. To normalize it. To normalize it and to give it a human face, especially in that Christian world, which was, which was like, this is your punishment for being a gay person, right? And somebody said, why, you know, being a Christian woman and there's so much anti-gayness in Christianity, why did you, Tammy Faye, support gay people? And she said, listen, when I went, when we lost everything— it was the gay people that came to my rescue, and I will always love them for that. Oh, my God. I love that. Right? She she could laugh at herself. She didn't take life too seriously. She married. She got remarried again. She married Roe Messner, the guy who was Jim Baker's best friend who built Heritage USA. Perfect. And I'm like, that just makes me so happy. And she, what I like about Tammy Faye is, to me, she's the ultimate drag queen. <laughs> she was never seen anywhere without her mascara and eyelashes. She would never be allowed her she would never allow herself to be photographed without her makeup, which I'm obsessed with. And she just seemed to enjoy life. And then this was oh, this was so sad. On July 19th, 2007, Tammy Faye died. Uh, she died of cancer. And what's really sad is she all one of the things I thought was always cool about Tammy Faye was that she was always open about any struggle she had. And when she had cancer, she kept going on television appearances to talk to her public and to let them know what was going on. And the night before she died, she went on Larry King Live. She weighed 65 pounds. Oh, my God. Pretty much thanked everybody for all that they had done for her. And then uh, she passed away of cancer the next day. So that was Tammy Faye's life. There's an incredible documentary about her called The Eyes of Tammy Faye. If you've never seen it, please do so. It, it gives a lot more exposure and support to this amazing who I, I thought an amazing person because I based on the research that I've done, I don't think she knew what was going on. Then Jessica Hahn, who was the other woman in all of this, who's just sort of became a punchline, which would never have happened today. You know, everyone would have believed her right from the get-go. And her story has never changed. No, yeah. All the other guys' stories changed. Her story never changed. But this is where this is where people sort of fall into two camps with her. Some people felt that her statement 
about, yeah, uh, you know, I'm going to pose for Playboy and, and all that stuff and get money for it. Half of the people were like, you see, that's who she is. That's the kind of person she is looking to make a buck. And the other half of the people were turned around and said, no, this is this is she deserves something for all the trouble that she's been yeah. put through. And she's reclaiming her body by putting it out there like that. It's her choice to do that. So Jessica Hahn is one of those people that is going to be punished, I think, in some way for owning her actual life and taking charge of her life. She's still around today and she shows up every once in a while. Where is Jim Baker today? Oh, I know. Branson, Missouri. Jim Baker is in Branson, Missouri, and he has a television show again and his ministry again. And Jim Baker basically now sells end-of-the-world supplies, which are big, massive buckets of food. Jim Baker food buckets. That you can have for the apocalypse. God woke me up, and I felt the presence of God like I'd never felt. And he said, Jim, I want you to start with, you know, do more food. <laughs> Build a new type of food. And so on, the, on there, it calls right there. So a uh, product is nothing without a catchy jingle. And here is someone to sing the Jim Baker Food Bucket song. Ray, can you describe what this man in the Hawaiian shirt looks like just so the audience has a nice visual? He looks like Otto from uh, Beetlejuice. He's the interior decorator of the home. Just imagine that with a Hawaiian shirt on that's about three Tammy Faye Bakers too big. (laughs) Let's hear this song that I'm sure they did not pay to get the rights to. I've got burgers made of beans. They're never fried. Salva chips and salsa to keep me warm way deep inside. <laughs> oh, yeah. I guess you'd say, Jim and Lori, help me be prepared today for end times. Uh, I'm talking about end times. So, folks, this is what uh, Jim Baker is hawking now for all of you. It's called uh, Staying Alive Buckets. It's 32 buckets that are filled with food, uh, seven years for for one person here. It gives you 7,712 servings for uh, $1,500, for $1,500, because when end times is coming, you want to eat from a bucket. You don't want to have a full bank account. You want to have a full tummy. You know, I have enough food probably for 15 years. Yes, we do. But with all my family I don't know you know you don't know who all is going to show up yes. and who you're going to have to take care of and you're going to hate to say no to people when they're starving to death these buckets can be used like if you live in the city they're going to be a, a portage on for you to you one of the things also that he says that you can do with these buckets which is going to be really helpful in st- for storage is turn them into your coffee table because you want someplace nice to put the bowl in the remote yes. In the end times. So you just need to get a piece of wood and you could, you're, you store, they store themselves. And one of the things where I'm really, really amazed is uh, Jim Baker is a huge Trump Republican. Most of the, his shows are talking about how great Donald Trump is or was. And uh, uh, so I'm kind of surprised that he's such an advocate for having Mexican food on the show. And so they have a little baby who does not look like they want to be there, is wearing a little plastic red sombrero that they've just strapped to this child's head uh lori's holding it is lori jim baker's new wife it's her, his new wife lori Jeez, he's got a type don't he absolutely it's crazy and they've uh, decorated the sets with ponchos <laughs> to show that truly authentic mexican flavor exactly. these are these are ponchos straight from branson missouri a good little mexican boy here is going to help us introduce to you this right here this is so many different kinds of foods hey Can you all see I that right there there's there's an enchilada this is 20 year shelf life food <laughs> and i put some of that yeah. cheese sauce on the on the taco it is so that's called good. queso cheese That's-sauce is called queso 
Death Toss is called Kaito. The Kaito. Folks, uh, for $100, you can get a 30-day Fiesta bucket. That's a total of 196 servings. That is a bucket of melted cheese. The bucket is like a bucket that you would put a keg in. Like, it's one of those big buckets. This isn't like a paint bucket from from fucking Home Depot. This is an industrial bucket. There's a brilliant guy named Vic Berger, obviously, who's who's put together some great contemporary Jim and Laurie footage. What would the response be today if this all happened? Well, first of all, criminal charges. And I think they'd maybe get them when it was happening. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know the people actually quit the FCC in protest because they're like, I can't believe you're not going to come out, go after this guy because Ronald Reagan is telling us not to. First of all, Jim, Tammy Faye, Jessica Hahn, they'd all have social media accounts. Everyone would have a social media opinion. Tammy Faye, I think, would be an Insta star. Jessica would be on TikTok. Yeah. And Jim, Jim's still Jim's still doing live journal posts. The Bakers, I think, are people that sort of have just faded with time. We don't really remember Jessica Hahn. I think people are going to forget about Tammy Faye Baker. There's a musical that's supposed to be coming out about Tammy Faye's life that Kristen Chenoweth is supposed to star oh, in. Oh, well, that's a per... Yeah. You can also watch, folks, a horrible nbc tv movie of the week that was made about the bakers in 1990 that starred uh bernadette peters and uh kevin spacey <laughs> as jim and tammy faye baker and it is bad so the reason we're doing this is uh, a couple of things one we want to celebrate tammy faye and jessica Hahn, two women who i feel were like just screwed for being women and didn't get the credit that they deserved and luckily they were able to rid themselves of the horrible man that's jim baker and move on with their lives which is great also you know it shows you how politics has always been in bed with religion and there has to be reminders on why that doesn't work there has to be a separation of church and state but can we please tax these churches there's no reason why the government can't go in and look at these people's books and why are the churches getting tax-exempt statuses? Founding fathers. It's in the Constitution. Oh, my God. Watch the money. Follow the money, folks. And also, I think it's just a really nice time to remind everybody what a sleaze and a con man Jim Baker is. Here's a guy who took so much money, lied, cheated, and stole, went to jail, came back, and said, I'm going to pick right back up where I left off, but i got to be smart about it. So I'm just going to sell you all food buckets from branson from branson i mean honestly branson is such a smart spot for him to relocate because it's such a it's almost it's the old people's las vegas of the south and so there's always going to be people in branson and they that means that there will always be people on the streets of branson saying do you want to come to a tv show and so i mean it's just a, a for him it is a brilliant place for him to relocate i mean really have you ever bought one of these food buckets no I know on how on Howard Stern they bought one of the food buckets and uh, J D Harmeyer and Ronnie both made stuff on air and was it good? They said it was better than they were expecting, oh, that's good. but not necessarily something they would want to make well, for. I'm looking forward to the end times now. Amen. Really, because I need a new coffee table. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> Fuck you. Hey, you want to play a game? Sure. This was a thing, and now it's a quiz. This is a, this was a quiz. Ooh, that Tammy Faye Baker's a piece of work, isn't she? Love her. Love her. Love her. She said some crazy religious shit in her life. Let's be... Did she really? But great makeup tutorial. Wonderful makeup tutorial. But you know who also said some weird religious stuff over the years? The Pope. Kirk Cameron. Pope Kirk Cameron. Well, in 20, 2040, it'll be Pope. <laughs> pope Kirk Cameron the first. The first Pope to keep his real name. And instead of them blowing white smoke out, it's just Alan Thicke on a megaphone. Mike! Vatican City is in an uproar. Who would uh, Boner be? His friend from... Monsignor Boner. Monsignor <laughs> Boner. They had a character on that show just named Boner, and nobody cared. Yeah, it's so interesting, though. <laughs> when you get older, you're like, they named him after an erection, and nobody said anything. But not only has Tammy Faye Baker said crazy religious things, but you know who else? Has? Who? Ned Flanders. Uh-huh, okay. Oh. So we're going to see if you guys can tell the difference Uh-oh. between a quote if it was said by Ned Flanders or Tammy Faye Baker. Okay. In a little game, you probably guessed the title Tammy Faye Baker or Ned Flanders? Oh, that's original. Okay. I've got 10 quotes here. You guys can deliberate. Quote one You don't have to be dowdy to be a Christian. That's either her or like he got a new sweater and <laughs> someone complimented him. Her? Yeah, let's go with her. Her? That's a Tammy Faye Baker. That's yeah. a Tammy B right there. Spend less time on your back and more time on your knees. That would be Ned Flanders. 
Ned Flanders? That's a Ned Flanders quote right there. Sometimes poor people don't smell too good, so love can have no nose. That's got to be Ned Flanders, but I hope it's Tammy Faye. <laughs> That's a Tammy Faye yes! quote right there. <laughs> I've never been so happy to lose. Oh, God. Every single day, I get up and I say, I'm going to live and not die. Tammy Faye. That's Tammy Faye. That's on Rob's Facebook quotes. That was my senior quote in high school. You've also got, that's your back tattoo, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a tramp stamp. I don't think God cares what you put in or on your body. That's got to be Tammy Faye. That's a Tammy Faye. Okay. Yeah, that's Ned Tammy Flanders Faye. wouldn't have that view, no. I feel like. He thinks God cares very much. I've done everything the Bible says, even the stuff that contradicts the other stuff. Ned? That's a Ned. That's a Ned Flanders. Jesus, help me find a bargain. Ned Flanders? That's Tammy Faye Baker. <laughs> Oh, God, the two we've lost are just perfect. Watch Fox and be damned for all eternity. Tammy That's Faye? That's Tammy Faye. That's a Ned Flanders. Oh, really? Even Simpsons, Ned knows. Uh, Simpsons dig at Fox there. As a Christian, I assume the worst. Ned. Ned Flanders. And finally, who am I to question the work of the Almighty? Tammy Faye. Or is it both? That is a Ned Flanders. But in her private moments, she's probably said something similar. <laughs> she's probably mentioned something similar. Yeah, those are, you guys did pretty good. You got tripped up on a couple uh, sneaky netties. Yeah. A couple sneaky netties in there. That was a good one. That was good. Thanks, yeah. Mark. Thank You're you. You're absolutely welcome. Well, folks, thank you so much for listening to another episode of This Was a Thing. If you ever went to Heritage USA, send us some photos. Let us know what you thought. Let us know how it went down there. Uh, in the meantime, we'll be praying for you. Take care. Bye-bye. Love you. Thanks for listening to This Was a Thing, and a big thanks to the folks that keep this show running. Our editor, Daniel Cutcut Schwartzberg, our composer, Billy Better Than DC Reese, our social media director, Gabe Hashtag Crawford, our graphic designer, Natalie's Nothing's Too Graphic DeSavia, and finally, our games coordinator, Mark the Shark Schroeder. If you liked what we did today, make sure to head on over to iTunes to rate and review us. The more stars you leave us, the more love we feel. Hey, speaking of love, show us some social media love. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at This Was A Thing Pod and Facebook we are This Was A Thing Podcast. Reach out, we'd love to hear from you. And if you really liked what we did today, head on over to Patreon.com and become one of our sponsors and you'll get access to special episodes, interviews, and merch. That's Patreon. Search This Was A Thing and support us so we can keep doing this show. 